everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, all I got to say to you this week is, fire when ready. Very epic. <laughs> oh, he said the thing, he said the <laughs> thing. Oh. Well, folks. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um... Bad Batch, counting down to the end. We indeed have a two-part finale. I think we've kind of talked about that here and there. We're also going to look back uh, into the High Republic comic, which would have probably been really helpful before we uh, read Rising Storm, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, would have. And uh, I'm probably going to be a little negative today. So <laughs> Why? Uh <laughs> Well, you'll find out after this. After a word from <laughs> whatever sponsor. Our sponsors that never pay us. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I'll just say this. I think that um, I think that publishing chose the wrong stories to put in book form. I would have to agree. Yep. Because after, after this, I'm sorry, the Nihil just are not very interesting compared to the Drangir. Well, we've said it for, like, what, three books that the Nihil just really aren't all that fascinating? And, yeah. I mean, listen, we were, well, what, two? It doesn't really matter. But, I mean, because we did get the Drangir in, in a Claudia Gray book. But I know we were a little critical on the Drangir, and I don't necessarily think it's the Dren gear. I actually think it's more the characters. Yeah, that I'm kind of. I would agree. That I kind of wish were a little bit more in the rotation. Um, I I don't know. I but yeah, the Nihil don't care. I I mean I yeah. I, I hope we do care because like obviously there's more phases and everything, but ha- haven't been all that impressed. Haven't been that impressed with it. So I yeah, and without getting too far in, two things I'll say: I would much rather have Kiev in a lot of these books yeah. than some of the stars we've had, and I think the Progenitor would be a much more interesting villain to read about than Marcianro. Yeah, and his beast thing that he has to transport yeah. from place to place. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I guess uh, we, we do have quite a bit to talk about here. Um, next week is going to be the end of Bad Batch and our mm-hmm. sort of Bad Batch retrospective. We might, I don't know, depends on what you want to do, but we might like revisit a retrospective later on down the line. But, uh, you know, we've kind of both been talking about it, sort of needing a, a little bit of a break, uh, you know, from reading and, some of this stuff. I mean, we did, we did do new Jedi order last week, but, uh, mm-hmm. and even the comics, you know, kind of need a bit of a break from the war of the bounty hunters, I think. So next week's just going to be yeah. the show and sort of a retrospective. And then, uh, we, which, which kind of sucks in a way, because then we have, unless we go back into the catalog, we have no shows to talk about for a while. Well, I mean, we have quite a bit more, of other stuff. I know after Bad Batch ends, we'll be uh, going into Out of the Shadows. Um, and then we'll, we'll kind of do a phase one retrospective on the High Republic. Kind of go back mm-hmm. through a lot of the phase one media. 
So that should be very interesting once we get to it. And um, yeah, but before we even get started here, a word from our... No, I'm just kidding. How was your week? (laughs) Not too bad in the process of moving right now and spending a ton of money on new stuff, trying to decide what kind of mower to get, things like that. (laughs) Good times. Doing a lot of shopping. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's always... So that's never really a fun thing to do, move. No. No, especially when you're actually the one doing all of the moving for the person who lived it before. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the guy hurt his back, so I've been doing most of the heavy lifting on that. Right. Yeah, and it's always funny how much you accumulate over time. Mm-hmm. Even when you don't really mean to. You just do. It's, yeah. it's just how it works. So... Yeah, man. Well, that's good, I guess. Sort of. <laughs> Getting in your new place, yeah. which is which is positive. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just been in the office this week. You know, normal work uh, sort of thing. Um, kind of honestly dealing with burnout, really. Kind of burnout of a lot of things. Um, you know, Other than work, I take it? Yeah, well, you know, it, it, some people who listen regularly know, I mean, I, I do a fair amount of content, and I think, um, you know, YouTube and, and obviously this. You know, I'm a little burnout uh, with that. I'm a little burnout with, um, with uh, well, I've been burnout on social media, but now it's even more so. Uh, you know, I'm burnout in the, on the way the world's going right now as well. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's kind of like, uh, probably getting towards a point where, you know, really need to get out and do more stuff, but, uh, I think you need to take a long vacation and just leave, leave the country where, <laughs> I mean, the problem is, I is again, right now, you know, with the whole, you know, Delta thing going on, uh, not the airline, uh, it's, it's just, you know, it, it sort of throws things into, uh, another sort of tail tailspin and, uh, you know, who, who really knows. Yeah. So yeah, it, a lot of, a lot of things are just getting old. So, uh, definitely looking for some, uh, potential new beginnings, I think. And we'll, we'll kind of see how, what that all comes up with, but yeah, it's just kind of been a man week, you know, I haven't really felt like doing a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, and on that note, I guess we might as well tell everyone we're uh, we're ending the podcast. We're just we're just done. <laughs> I think we already we already tried to say that like a couple of weeks ago or a month. Ago. Who, who the heck even knows? Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the podcast has always been like a good a good thing, you know, for just me and you to sort of like sit down and talk about various things, and obviously, and, some and hoping. And wait for someone to talk back, which they never do. Yeah, but I, I mean, you know, again, it was, we've had other, we've had a lot of episodes, especially recently, where we kind of talk about other things as well in the beginning, and you know, then get into the yeah. get into the subject matter, um, because really, the rest of Star Wars world universe, uh, it, it's it's pretty it, it's pretty toxic for the most part. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what was trending recently there was something that was stupid that was trending in the star wars sphere there were a couple things um uh was it that spaceship hotel thing that they were doing in one of the parks or whatever uh and then something about last jedi who who the heck knows um but yeah i mean 
all that stuff gets old. I mean, it, it's been old. I, Are we still really talking about Last Jedi like it matters? Oh, yeah. I mean, it pops <laughs> up all the time. It, it literally pops up all the time. Like, there, there are people that are just so overly opinionated about it, like it ruined their entire lives, uh, this one movie, that, um, yeah, it, it pops up fairly regularly. And again, on both sides, oh, I hate it. No, uh, well, you know, unpopular opinion, but Last Jedi is like the best, uh, best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, you know, uh, any of the other classics, you know, no, they suck. Last Jedi, best movie ever. So, yeah, it, ha- it that, that stuff pops up all the time. All the time. I guess it was probably the same when Phantom Menace came out for a couple of years after. We just, yeah, well, we, we didn't have, we, we didn't we have didn't social have media about it. like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, there was obviously, you know, internet and forums and stuff like that, but you didn't have to, and have to is a, is a pretty strong word, but you, you weren't as inundated with it. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. a normal part of your routine. Let me put it to yeah. you that way. So. Well, no, back then, I mean, you'd talk to a small group who were also into Star Wars. You'd have your discussion, and that'd be kind of the end of it. You know, you wouldn't just keep going back to that subject day in, day out. With social media, you kind of have that option, and it's yeah infuriating in a way a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's enough about social media. It's not even really worth the time yeah. it takes to talk about it in all honesty. Right. It's funny. We always talk about how social media gets it down, but I never think we get to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, that's that, that made my day. That made my day better. No. And we always go back to it eventually. <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll see some, some good stories pop up every now and again. It's like, oh, that was a nice story, but it's just so overshadowed yeah. by everyone, everything else and everyone else uh, trying to one-up. And um, there, There's a lot of uh, attempted valid self-validation through social media posts and, and, and followings and stuff. Uh, I see a lot of people run some pretty sensational kind of sensationalism type, you know, videos, content, whatever, because it might gather them a couple more followers, hundred thousand followers, whatever. Um, I, I, I guess, I guess it's kind of strange to seek validation in that, but a lot of people do. And it seems like far more centralized now in the overly internet age, uh, Mm-hmm. That people just they they almost need it to feel like like they're worth it, I guess you know. And then and I've I've even been experiencing this a little bit with uh, with a few people in my life where some folks just want it far more like surface level. And then when you get in when you stray into the deep deeper conversations, it's like pull back, pull back because I can't deal with this, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, which I, I've always felt that if you're not actually talking through and dealing with your problems and you're, you're just using suppression and hoping one day you get over it, it's really not a, a healthy way to deal with, with any of that really. Um, it's not, and it just winds all. up leading to more problems. But again, it, it just, it's, it's all the same stuff. So, yeah. yeah, it's weird, weird times. We really, uh, we really need to, you know, it, it's funny because when like all the man mass mandates and all that stuff sort of trickled away and, 
you know, you started to see state governors starting to be stripped of a lot of their emergency power because, you know, this went on so long. Um, and again, we're, we're not advocating one way or the other, by the way. It, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it, it is the actual reality of the situation that this has caused so much uh, discord, no matter what you believe, that it's all just became anger. And, um, you know, when that all lifted, people started you know, maneuvering out like, you know, I, well, me and you went and saw a baseball game a few weeks ago now and it was pretty packed and people were enjoying themselves. Yeah. They were feeling a little bit more alive again. And now there are so many places that are trying to reinstitute mask wearing despite being vaccinated and all that stuff. Again, we're not talking about, this is an opinion stuff. There's no, we're not talking about science or facts or anything. It just, it is, it's a fact that it's happening. Um, mm. And that's really that's really uh, bringing forth a lot of that anger again. Uh, it's just very hard to uh, to to deal with. And then again, where anger comes, more sensationalism and, and Twitter fights happen. So, yeah, and I think a lot of people are at the point where the idea of having to wear masks again, regardless of if it's needed, just it infuriates them. They thought it was done, and they're they're right. just worn out. Well, you I mean, know, there, there comes a point where you, I hate to say it, you just stop caring whether it's helpful or not. And I think a lot of people are there right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, I think most people individually, they definitely want to, you know, do the right thing, even if it's for strangers and stuff. I mean, there are some people that don't obviously, but yeah, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's just difficult. And uh, I think we're all really, really, really feeling that. So I don't know. That was depressing. So anyway. <laughs> back to Star Wars. Yeah, back to Star Wars. So what did you want to discuss first? Do you want to go over Bad Batch or you want to start on the comics? I definitely want to do Bad Batch. It's okay. going to be a, a bit more positive, I think, for us. So episode 15, Return to Camino. Um, one last time. <laughs> yeah, one last no time. No reason to go back there. Well, you know, and we had talked a little bit in previous episodes about what was the game with the with the Battle of Camino in it? Uh, that was Battlefront. It was either Battlefront one or two, the originals, not the new ones. Well, they I think it was two. Well, they don't need to have much of a battle. I mean, it was is no. destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Oops! Did that spoil the entire episode for you? Oh no. Yeah, no, it, it went down a little differently in the game. They changed things up a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. I, well, I'm sure that throughout this week we'll have Dave Filoni ruin canon again. You know, that. I think we'll get the Bad Batch in Battlefront 2 as playable characters. Dude, is anybody still playing Battlefront 2? I don't know. I haven't played but it. But I would probably I would probably go back to it just for that, honestly. Yeah, I haven't played it in, in a long, long time. Um, I mean, it was an interesting game when it came out. It was it was fun, aside from the the loot box system, which they did eventually get rid of, you know, because the whole pay to play thing was so strong. And EA is just they've always been like that. I you know, and I, yeah. I already said I think we talked about this a long time ago too, because like I used to be a Madden guy, you know, I like Madden, 
but buying a game every year that progressively just increases in price for the sake of a roster and literally like sometimes it even that's all you're paying for well sometimes it even gets worse like they take away mm-hmm. more things like the the old franchise modes like way back in the day were so involved like you were structuring the prices of a hot dog you know and like what yeah. sponsors were here and there in the stadium and that was you know, I mean, obviously that's really in depth and not a lot of people probably really cared, but, you know, it was interesting for me. Uh, but, you know, with Madden, it's literally just like a roster update anymore. There's there's really not much in the way of graphical update or, or play update. And sometimes you get so many people that complain about the the play and the, and the way things control and the look of it that it's like, well, you're not advancing anything at all. You're just adding different names to different jerseys and, and like restructuring assets. Um, yeah, I think Ultimate Team kind of got a little too much attention, sure, honestly, and yeah. the actual gameplay was ignored because I, I, found, I found myself on the last Madden game I had focusing solely on ultimate team just to get better players but then you're not really playing the game you're doing these little stupid challenges to get points to unlock new characters and by the time you get a good team together i was just so burnt out yeah i played like three games online got destroyed by people who paid to win and it just wasn't fun yeah and and again that's classic ea where you know you grind like we used to in video games to unlock things and secrets and all that stuff and now it's just more well I don't know if it's if I want to say now because that definitely has been getting so much blowback, but it really mm-hmm. is is like an EA thing to just microtransaction you to death. It's 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 literally the mobile game mentality. Uh, you, it is. I mean, you remember Angry Birds, right? I think it's still around, yeah. obviously, but like the original game, you paid ninety nine mm-hmm. cents for it, and you had the game. Well, that game's no longer there. It's not supported. It's totally deleted, and you have to buy this new game. And I want to say it, it's not been recently. It's probably been a few years ago. Now I actually re-downloaded the new game just to say, hey, what's what's it look like? And it's not very fun. Really? No, it, it wasn't very... They stripped it away and you have to pay for it? Or? Well, no, I, th- there are a lot of potential for microtransactions, or at least there was at the time. But it just, I don't know, it just didn't feel like fun anymore. The, the old one was like a real challenge and like getting like three stars was a big deal. And like every one of these, I got three stars every single time. It's three stars, three stars, three stars. Here, here's a, here's a chest of crap that you don't care about. You know what I mean? So yeah. the, that, those sort yeah, of yeah. games just don't I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah, EA's always been bad about that. I'm actually shocked that they didn't do that with the Mass Effect trilogy when that came out. Which I did get, and they didn't. Yeah. They gave you every bit of content. They and they're only releasing it to set up for the fourth game, so they can transfer your saves. But it it was nice to see that they can actually make a good, solid remake without gouging us for more money. Well, but isn't but the problem is new content? It's always microtransactions. Yeah. Well, I, w- I was just gonna ask because like, isn't Mass Effect kind of like an older IP though? Like, it's not like a it was new it IP. was from 360 days. Yeah. Um, so. They had a they had a game come out for the Xbox One, I think, when it first came out. And okay. PS4, obviously. But no, they're they're getting ready to come out with a new game, and no. that's the only reason they re-released them because the way those worked was you every decision you made would transfer to the next game oh, I see. through your save okay. file. Yeah, never never but they couldn't them. they couldn't do that with 360 files obviously going into the next generation. Yeah. So well we yeah, I mean we've talked a ton about video games and sort of the preference in video games, but yeah, I, I was that's just 
I don't know anybody who plays Battlefront anymore. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a good game when it came out. I thought it was. I, I think it took a lot of heat. I actually think it took more heat than it deserved because, I mean, it, it, the story was short. It was a good story, but it was really short. But the, the thing for that was playing these large-scale multiplayer campaigns, which were pretty epic, you know, for yeah. the, the couple that they had. They didn't have a ton, but, I mean, just online play was, was pretty fun, uh, at least I, I thought for the most part but anyway that's video games and and we need to talk about bad batch so (laughs) we already told you that the you know the camino and you know base was destroyed but anyway so we we start the episode off and uh we have we have crosshair uh effectively trying to lure the rest of the bad batch uh, to camino takes hunter's uh communicator and then of course the bad batch being them uh they of course follow it without any i mean they probably it's a trap but i would hope so yeah (laughs) but they do it they do it anyway um and i i think i think probably one of the more interesting things here is that we always had this whole conversation about about crosshair and would he turn back would they Mm -hmm. help him and everything and i think at least for me, the the fun thing about this episode was really peeling back a little bit more of the onion on Crosshair. And we do get a revelation mm-hmm. a little bit later in the episode, which is he doesn't have his inhibitor chip anymore. He got rid of it right. a while ago. Now, I didn't say how long ago, but... I would... I mean, would you venture to say it's... Pre order sixty six, post order sixty six. That's the question, right? Yeah, and because that's that, where we get into moral issues. Yeah, that with him. that is that is indeed the the question for sure. Yeah, but we do get the uh, one of you know crosshairs like troopers here and and the admiral uh, rampart. You can you can very clearly tell that they're still suspicious of of all the clones and. Camino here is basically bereft of clones. There's no clones here. The Caminoans mm-hmm. have been shipped off world. Um, they're basically stripping the facility down. Our governor, who ambiguously died last <laughs> episode, is definitely dead now. Oh yeah, he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah, huh, uh, he blew up. <laughs> the, uh, prime minister, right? Wasn't he prime minister? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Omega being. You know, the super strategist. The leader. Yeah, the leader. <laughs> uh, does inform the Bad Batch that there's like, there's a secret pad we can hop on, and, and there's secret tunnels and... and Secret tunnel. That lead to secret facilities that we were all created in. And th- I thought this was kind of an interesting thing, because basically it, it, it almost insinuates that... what. And it's all about timing because it, it almost felt like she was saying that she was there for their creation, mm-hmm. you know, which kind of messes with timelines a little bit. That's a bit odd for me. Well, I feel like that's, that's probably not the intent really, but it did kind of seem a little bit, a little bit odd to me, mm-hmm. but they were all essentially created in the same lab. They don't expound upon that. 
I assume mm-hmm. in the next episode we'll get some more exposition on why that matters. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know why I've never thought of this, but that scene just kind of makes me want to see the children versions of the Bad Batch. <laughs> just because I think they'd be fun. <laughs> Wrecker would be funny. <laughs> well, no, the, I don't. I, yeah, I guess that is, that is kind of interesting because there are physiological differences. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how that would work out. That would be interesting. So, I, I mean, I hate to skip ahead a little bit, but there's there's really not like a ton of exposition I can really share here. They they're in the facility for a little bit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then uh, all that that uh, droid, the um, AZ, yeah, <laughs> who we have seen before, the annoying, the annoying droid. I'm surprised he hasn't been destroyed by now, honestly. Yeah, yeah, a little surprising. Um, well, eventually, just to kind of roll into it they, in quotations, lure the Bad Batch to the training area, the old training area. And I think this is kind of where we we, we can just talk about Crosshair, really, because Mm -hmm. some of the the speech between Crosshair and Hunter, it, it gave you that sort of ambiguous... Well, is he going to help them? Is he not going to help them? Is he lying? All that good sort of stuff. But he basically, he, he seems to be angry that he was left behind. You know? And then he even says at one point something like, um, I'm going to do for you what you didn't do for me and give you a chance, I think, is what he said. Something vaguely to that. Yeah, basically what he said. It's just odd because, I mean, he wasn't technically left behind as much as he left the crew. <laughs> well, and see that... And it's not that the crew didn't give him a chance. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that that all bleeds into kind of like a um, sort of a complex where, you know, although I made a choice, you left me. Why didn't you make the same choice? Because we're all the same. Well, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a Sith thing. It's almost like Anakin and Obi-Wan in a way. Yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure, for sure. Um, but he, he what was it? I think Tech was the one who noticed the those stupid little mirror things that he <laughs> shot off of. Yeah. So Crosshair basically asked him to join join me. And we can rule the empire side by Darth side. Darth Crosshair. <laughs> um, but obviously Hunter, I don't remember exactly what he said, but something to the effect of like, you know, you you don't really know who we are type of deal, something like that. Yeah. But Crosshair does shoot his troops. So there you go. We're using his mirrors. Mirrors of death. I'm sorry, that was that was kind of epic. I mean, no, it wasn't <laughs> bad. It was just it, it. It still just sort of seems kind of corny. It's extremely corny, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. know. It's bad old western, <laughs> right? Well, Crosshair does uh, try and 
order these these other the TK units to to stand down, and at this point they're not listening to him. So that's when he he does his mirror trick, and uh, he and and Hunter sort of fight a little bit. I actually kind of enjoyed the the sort of little fight sequence, and then Omega unleashing the training droids. Thinking she was helping. Yeah, thinking. <laughs> it's like, you didn't really think this out too much, did you? No. But um, the the sort of sequence here, uh, even though it's a very small scale thing, I don't know. I thought it was kind of neat. It was kind of a neat, uh, neat little adventure, I suppose. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see Crosshair kind of rejoin the team for a split second, too, to, right. to defend themselves. Well, and... Okay, so just to backtrack to prior episodes, so when when Cro- when Order 66 came through, I truly believe he had the inhibitor chip at that point because he clearly, you know, received the order and followed it and did yeah. the, oh, my head, oh, no. Uh-huh. So I think that the removal was much later, uh, and I, I personally think he kind of did it to see, like, who he was because at this point... He even tells the Bad Batch, he's like, this is who I am. This is who, like, I want to be type of deal. So he is for the Empire, essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did just kill his some of his troops again. So maybe he's not, but he kind of has this power. Yeah, he kind of has (laughs) a superiority complex a little bit. But yeah, I I would have to guess it'd be around the time he gets his... uh Hyperdrive engine burn. <laughs> well, no, I actually was thinking about before that, because if you remember, he was in a scanning unit on Camino when he came back, and I feel like that might have been when he did it. Okay. I mean, yes, when he was burned, that we both talked about that. We we would have preferred that kind that would have been kind of a cool turn. But I think it was even before that. You know, how far along was it when he had his his little troop that he was given and he kills the one for disobeying yeah it was was a, that, that was a Saul Guerrero four or five episode. episodes I kind of wonder if that would be the moment too because I feel like the chip probably would have stopped that from happening mm, maybe I yeah well I mean it was pretty soon after that he he joined the empire that that scene of him in the med bay happened so I think that was probably yeah. before that troop I don't know I'm not sure. And, and of course, we're, we're kind of left with a bit of an ambiguous ending. I mean, it's a cliffhanger. Uh, so we don't really know kind of the status of how this is all going to work out. Like, will Crosshair, you know, continue to try and, like, make this the elite Imperial troop? Or will he change? Or will they have to duke it out again? Obviously, we don't know. But I feel like that'll probably think, come to do you think they'll believe? Do you think they'll believe him? About the chip being removed, or you think they're going to check it out? And uh, bruh, I mean, if we had another episode, I would say that they would check it out. I mean, I don't, I don't really yeah. feel like there's any reason for him to necessarily lie about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that that. Well, plus, if you up. had the chip, would you be that self-conscious about the chip anyway? Sure. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So. We'll have to see, and and we had sort of had some thoughts about you know somebody sacrificing themselves. I, I mm-hmm. think that you know if it follows like standard tropes, you would have to say prob- redemption arc for 
crosshair. Yeah, I mean, you could do the redemption arc where, like, maybe Hunter is killed. It's like, it's your troop now. No, if Hunter gets killed, then Omega's putting on a little headband and taking over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what will happen with that, but I always said that I, I don't mind him coming back into the fold. It makes more yeah. sense, but we'll see. Now, as this fight is going on and kind of coming to its conclusion, the Empire, uh, with their two Star Destroyers, does open fire on the facility, effectively destroying old video games. And, um, yeah, that's basically the end of, well, this Camino and facility. Who, who knows? I mean, there mm-hmm. could be more. Um, and we're also left to wonder what happened to the Bad Batch because... Yeah, they were the last we see of them where they're running back into a facility that just gets raised to the ground, right. essentially raised to and the they sea. have no and they well, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, they they have no I no way to use that monolith system to get back to their ship. Maybe. And how far away is that facility from anything else? <laughs> Can only swim so long. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there will be something. Well, let's face it. Yeah. There, like, there will be like an extra ship or something. We can. My ride guess a is space whale. I don't know. Something will happen. My guess is Gregor and Sid will probably come to the rescue. Maybe. Uh, which coincidentally, what did you think about Gregor just sort of being passed off at the beginning of the episode? It's like, oh, we just left him with Sid. She wasn't too happy. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of expecting to see more of him this episode. Yeah. It's a bit disappointing, to be honest. Yeah, and and it kind of brings up the other uh, another point here is that the whole the whole time Omega was supposed to have been like going to the ship <laughs> to contact Rex, and she clearly yeah. didn't do that. So I don't know. Um, we'll see if it's a pickup or if there's maybe some other something that they can do. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I suppose our uh, scientist who's friends with Omega could have escaped and uh, finds a water vehicle to rescue them. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, you know, one other thing that I did enjoy, Omega finally got to use her bow. Yes. I mean... And she did it well. Granted, I mean, she only took out a few of like, these training droids, but still, it was cool. I like it. Yeah. That bow's awesome. The bow is cool. It looks, it looks cool. You know, but... Really impractical, close range, but still. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you I, I wonder if they're setting her up as a replacement for Crosshair, and that just kind of solidifies that he's going to sacrifice himself. Because you got to have a sniper in the group. Mm, I mean, I, I think you had it more on the nose in the beginning that she's more like Hunter's replacement than anything else. Yeah. Because she's she's clearly a little bit more leader, I guess, driven. She definitely knows more than most of these bad, the, the other bad badges. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, another thing I wanted to point out here because people have gone so nuts over it and we, we've been critical at times because there was an episode or two where the artwork was a bit sketchy, but what did you think about the look of the episode? And I guess more specifically, probably what I assume people will talk about is this final scene of destroying Camino. I thought the final scene was pretty epic. Both music and visuals were amazing on that. For some reason, 
my fa- one of my favorite parts is when they showed uh, the fire hitting the legs yeah. underwater. I thought that was a really cool yeah, that effect for that. Um, I thought the animation style was pretty decent. I enjoyed, especially like when they're just getting onto the planet and they're outside in the rain. Right. Omega looked really good. They actually put a lot of effort into her. Well, her hair, her her hair actually yeah. got damp and like was floppy and everything. Yeah, it, it it actually acted like hair. Yeah, instead of a helmet. <laughs> I mean, it's still anime hair, but it, you know it. Yeah. But yes, I I agree. I I think that the the rain effect was good. I. You know, the water effect, the explosions and everything. Yeah, I, I thought that it looked really good. And I mean, it was really only like one episode that we complained about. And it was just some background yeah. textures, you know. And it was just me or did the training bots look way better this time? Yeah, I, I don't even remember them from the first time I kinda, we saw them. I kind of like to pull them up first episode. We saw them in this one side by side and compare them. But it just seemed like they put a lot more effort into the visuals this episode. Yeah. And, well, I mean, it is a finale. And if there's one thing sure. we know about Dave, it, he, he sure does love a finale. <laughs> so. Yeah. And also, we were number three in the queue. True. Yeah, it moved up a little bit in in the uh, banner queue on Disney Plus, so mm-hmm. that was a positive, I suppose. Uh, so anyway, you, pretty pretty decent episode, I, I would have to say overall. Yeah, yeah, good good cliffhanger for a part one. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see where they where they take the rest of this. Honestly, the episode seems so short to me. I didn't check the timestamp when all was said and done. It cut to black. I'm like. Do we still have a few minutes? Yeah, Is I know. Something yeah. gonna happen? Nope, nope. Dave Filoni, never mind. Yeah, no, I, I had the same the same thought too. It's like, is there more? Oh, nope, it's done. That was it. So yeah, there we go. Well, uh, guess let's roll comics. Tis time for issue six of High Republic. Yeah, so issue six and seven of High Republic. Probably the coolest cover out of all of them so far seven <laughs> no six i didn't really care for six. Oh come on nah. it's avar on a rancor nah. that's awesome it's i mean <laughs> I'm, not, I'm good no honestly i'm i would have to say that there's a few better ones and actually in the uh end of this comic it does show issues uh eight and nine on sale now they are way better we've got our or Jedi with the yeah, well, the evil ray double lightsaber, and then we've got a cool one of Keeve and armor. Yeah, so. it looks like Nihil armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of where we left off with this particular series is Avar has made a deal with the Huts mm-hmm. to fight the Drangir, and uh, we're we're at another planet here. Divac, Divac, I don't, I don't know. Davac, 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 Divac, something like that. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Guess where it is? In the Outer Rim. <laughs> the Outer Rim. Because everything in the High Republic's in the Outer Rim. Well, it's all everything is. It's just the Outer Rim. There is no Inner Rim. <laughs> yeah, and what are these people? They're like Crystal Eye people. Yeah, they're like insectoid, reptilian, weird creatures. They're a throwaway race. 
They're a throwaway race, so you can just show some carnage. Well, unfortunately, yes, they were definitely thrown away. Uh, <laughs> so we have the Drengear uh, attacking uh, this planet, and then this two-page <laughs> kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I, I turned to this, and I thought it looked a little corny. With the two rancors and the and the hut and, and then the twins. Yeah, everything is being creepy as always. The 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 size, it's the sizing, the depth of some of this. Yeah, because funny. I I would hope that what's our hut's name, Mariala, something like know. that. I don't care. I I would hope that hut is way ahead of those rancor because if that hut is half the size of a rancor, I am calling BS. That's a big hut. <laughs> well. So they're they're kind of doing battle, but really, oh, and we also uh, have Stellan Geos making a brief appearance here, you know, looking for a report on Skier. So that was fun. Yeah. Old Stellan, he was. I really don't get a mention of Skier in the book too, so I thought that was kind of odd. Yeah, well, when we were reading the book, we got this whole part with the council debating on. Like a var calling in all Jedi to deal with the Dren gear and the wisdom in that, but we didn't really, to that point, see why she made the request, and now we're starting to see why, but just in a comic. Yeah. Now. Again, book worthy stuff right here happening too. Yeah, we'll, we'll chat about that once we actually maneuver through these because I, I have some other things to say. But So Skier is still sort of being controlled-ish by the Drengear. He mm-hmm. still has his weird arm. And, and Keeve here is trying to sort of like figure, figure it out, help him figure it out. And I guess I'm gonna, because a lot of the, a lot of the fighting with the huts is just, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, by the way, all the people are dead. So, <laughs> do what? All the people are dead. Sucked of nutrients. Oh, yeah. But uh, I had to flip a few pages. So, Keeve actually does enter the, the force field to try and talk to to Skier and. Doesn't go well. No, it doesn't. She gets uh, she gets tentacled. So all of you miscreants out there, I'm sure had a real good time with this one. This whole episode is bunch of, based around bunch of episode. Dirty, this whole issue is based around those people. Bunch of dirty dogs. Oh man! But it, it, so I do have a question about the art style after that happens. Yeah. Did you think for a second that we had a flashback here and it was Kid Keeve? Because the first panel of her is so god-awful. I totally thought she was like 10. They did make her look a lot shorter. I, I didn't necessarily... Yeah. My mind didn't go to flashback, but I guess there could be an element to this because essentially they are, I don't know, sharing a mind, but through sort of the Drengear mind network, I guess, is kind of how I would put it. Yeah. And... There were a couple of things here that I found a little bit, I don't know if I want to say strange, but there was this panel here where it's like, and uh, by the way, the only thing about Kiev is if she could kindly stop saying Criff, 
I know. I mean, it like we're, we 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 get so it. Bad. We get it. You want to curse? I mean, just it doesn't really make any sense to keep. It's like yeah. almost continuous. To be honest, it's well, almost too I, much. I can't tell you how much I've heard that word in the Star Wars universe before these comics. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I ever have. I think it's just <laughs> Keeve's word. You know, it's like yeah. So, but she she says here it's good to see you, and then Skier, this is not the Jedi way, and then she says I don't care. He says neither do I, and it's like I really hope yeah. that they're not implying anything more that they're you know yeah because that it seemed, that'd be weird. I mean, granted, we did just get rid. Of, we did just get done with the book about how how El- Elzar man basically like. <laughs> loves every single person that he comes in contact with, including of our yeah. Chris as they were Padawans. But you know, the, the master and apprentice thing, like I would assume without the discipline of the Jedi, you could potentially get into more of those sort of scenarios where, you know, a connection is a little bit stronger than master and apprentice type of deal, especially if you, sure. you know, anyway. So I thought that that was, um, it was kind of interesting. I guess it's just supposed to be like a heartwarming thing. And I, you know, oh, you know, I'm glad to see you, buddy. But it just seemed a little, it seemed more heavy handed than what I probably Especially would have. Especially in, in a, just a tentacle world. It's not a good <laughs> setting for that. <laughs> yeah, tentacle world. <laughs> so we get a little bit of exposition here from, uh, from Skier where he's, um, he, he, well, we got this before. He, he, basically tapped into the Dren gear and that's sort of what his purpose was, but he didn't feel that he was strong enough and he really couldn't make any sense of it. And then Keeve is getting in here uh, to, she wants to help and then gets attacked by more tentacles because of course, mm-hmm. and we get, uh, Oh, it, was it this one? Yeah. So we actually get a panel with Orbelin. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, but basically, we, we kind of flash back to reality here. And uh, uh, what is it? Ma- uh, Meru and Orbelin, you know, kind of see Keeve being suspended by <laughs> Skier's tentacle arm, tree tentacle arm. <laughs> and she tells him, it's like, we're, I, I'm trying to make this connection here. I'm trying to find what they don't want us to find. And Orbelin and, and uh, Meru basically like are essentially using the force to help boister her. So that was, that was kind of neat. And again, this is, this is like the difference between the high Republic and like the new Republic In the high Republic. They just like help each other in the new Republic. Mm -hmm. It feels like this would have been a point where like Obi-Wan's like, I have to cut you in half now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mace Windu's like, I need to throw this man out of a window or something. You know what I mean? It's like this is the point where a New Republic Jedi like deactivates the force field and just murders both of them. <laughs> is it funny how little we talk about like lending your strength? Yeah. The New Republic, like it would almost just kind of destroy a lot of the canon well, when just dealing with characters not being strong enough to fight something. Well, and this is something that I do want to talk about a little bit in um, in our retrospective for Phase One, and it's something we've harped on. the 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 High Republic Jedi have gotten to a point of understanding with the Force that I think the New Republic lost. 
And, mm-hmm. and you're right. If they were able to harness each other's power to help each other out, or, you know, do the stuff like Avar does with uh, her... The song. Yeah, the song. <laughs> uh, where she's able to help control an entire fleet of ships. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily know that Palpatine would have been as successful if he would be successful yeah. at all. Well, isn't it also funny that the only time we really get this happening is in Rise of Skywalker. No, you mean like the life all the Jedi that have, yeah, with all oh, the Jedi oh, who have sorry. passed on yeah. into the Force already, which would, you would assume, give them some form of enlightenment that, I mean, High, Repub- yeah. High Republic Jedi yeah, just already had in life. Well, I mean, <laughs> it would have been better if they had actually shown the Force ghosts, like actually helping. Yeah. But yeah. of course, JJ couldn't do that. I mean, just set up a few they, lens they would have had to pay, why don't you? They would have had to pay too many <laughs> actors and actresses for that. Oh, uh, you could <laughs> just CGI it. There, There is True. somebody who did. I'm sure you got pay likeness, though. <laughs> well, who cares? I mean, whatever. There, it, these are such big budget movies. But there, there was a, a guy on YouTube that actually did superimpose force ghosts into that scene and the one that i watched recently was like a couple so it was like mm-hmm. it was like anakin old obi-wan luke and i don't know there were like five or six of them, maybe mace windu but like it's it, oh no i want to see like ahsoka and everything right sure and that <laughs> makes sense there was a um there was a bit of news so you remember obviously the mandalorian when luke shows up and we talked about his his face the CGI'd face. Yeah. So yeah. there was a guy on YouTube who actually like did it way better. And Lucasfilm, oh, I did see that they hired the guy and it's, it's it, really, yeah. I mean, some person made a YouTube video that was better than the cut of a highly public, highly publicized and expensive TV show on Disney plus that guy with a YouTube channel did a better job. I mean, it, that's embarrassing. It is. And honestly, I can't think of any other way for Disney to handle it but to hire him and just yeah. admit, like, hey, you know, this guy's better. We that's the smart talent. Yeah, that's so. the smart thing to do. So how would you like to be the guys that were on that project and did Luke in Mandalorian? And then this guy comes yeah. into the office like, Hey, I'm your replacement. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well anyway, back into the comic we we get the um the great progenitor who mm-hmm. I guess is the the heart of the Drengear. So now we potentially, it seems like, have a goal. Because that was kind of one of the things yeah. we talked about the Drengear. It's like, we can't really kill them. The ancient Sith imprisoned them with statues. So what do we do? Well, there's a great progenitor, and it seems like if maybe we kill this great progenitor, I mean, how? Who knows? But maybe if we kill this great pro- uh, progenitor, then all the Drengear are done. Conceivably. A little bit more exciting than dealing with the Nihil, right? <laughs> oh, 100%. Well, finally, we snap back to reality as uh, Skier rips off his own tree arm. So, that's cool. By the way, we have the absolute worst panel I've ever seen. Are you talking when they're being series? dragged along? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that got anime real quick. 
uh, Keeves' teeth all basically uh, go to uh, uh, what was the show with the the fair oh, fairly odd parents the Timmy yeah he had the the, the one tooth thing yeah that yeah that was a bad panel his, his goofy panel that's like for adventures not this one right um so anyway Keeve is able to figure out the planet's name where this great progenitor is located. Uh, and it's carved into her bracer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mulita. And they're like, we don't, we don't have a planet like that. Oh wait. Yes, we do. It's, it's in the unknown regions. That was like a really yes. quick turnaround. It's like, there's no planet in the, in the round here. Yeah. Oh, but wait, here we, 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 I got it. Just had to move this smudge of dust. And, and I love how, like, <laughs> the, the huts giving exposition about that as they're fighting. Like, oh, yeah, that was, that was the days of the Nightmare Conjunction. Which, by the way, what's that? <laughs> you know what? That's actually a good call because I, I was going to look that up. It sounded familiar, but I, it probably isn't. I'm going to look it up. There is an article on it. You see, we're the detail guys. Yeah. We know this, but we also have to look it up. Okay. Oh, there's... Oh, okay. So this was mentioned in Dooku Jedi Lost. That's where I'm remembering it from then. Mm. Uh, there's not much on it, really. So it, it's it's new. It's not anything uh, recent. The Nightmare Conjunction was said to have been tamed by Darth Krall, a former Jedi Master who fell to the dark side of the Force and became a Sith Lord. By the time of the High Republic era, ancient records that dated back to the days of Nightmare Conjunction included... Yeah, so something about taming the Nightmare Conjunction, what the Nightmare Conjunction is, uh, who is Darth... Oh, interesting. Okay, got it. So in our next comic that... um, You know, the the next comic that we're going to spoil... The, the sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the Sithy one, that's Darth Crawl. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So there we go. Kind of an odd oddball. What, are, what, what is a species? Uh, it's not mentioned in the comic, though. That's kind of odd. But also doesn't mention what a species he is. It? So again, just like a, a new, newish character. So there you go. So maybe we might get more of this nightmare conjunction. Who, who the heck knows? But Darth Darth Crawl apparently, you know, fixed it or did something with it. He tamed the beast. Tamed it. He was very powerful, apparently. Oh, what if the nightmare conjunction okay. is just what Marciano has on his little ship. Dude, that actually could be. Oh wow, yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. His lightsaber, Crawl's lightsaber. That was a lightsaber from the from the Bogan collection. Remember that? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's trying to get in that Bogan collection. All right, so anyway, that was that was issue six. We kind of end there, and we pick up uh, with issue seven, which is a recent release here. And Keeve is meditating, and she's starting to have some trouble here. And she even says, like, the problem with telepathy is that it can also push back, you know, from both sides. Yeah. So she is... This is ironic because she was saying how, that's the great thing about telepathy, the issue before, about finding where this progenitor is. Yeah, and in in her vision, she is, at least from my opinion, she is basically 
um, living, almost living the life of a Drengear. Like she's almost seeing mm-hmm. herself as a Drengear here. And she sees some of the, the prior characters from the comic that were killed. Uh, was that um, Bartol, the little kid, and then the, the Rodian, fairy. And all this stuff. And then she sees a ghost lady. <laughs> Spooky ghost lady. Oh, Chris. She says that multiple times, too. Just just a bunch of criffin, spooky ghost ladies. Yeah. God, so stupid. Anyway, so she kind of sees a little bit of the... Uh, kind of the Sith incursion on the Drengear here. And mm-hmm. and I guess I, sh- I guess without any real confirmation, it looks like Darth Crawl, but who the heck knows? It may or may not be. Maybe the Nightmare Conjunction was literally what they did to the Drengear. Maybe. Who knows? Mm. But anyway, she's stabbed by a Sith. Uh, The harvest will be protected? I don't think so. The harvest will be ours. Interesting panel layout, though, when you really look at this, because, like, uh, again, we had the the whole statue thing and these weird kind of almost like, you know, crystal skull vibe alien statue things here, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. And then Keeve is, is sort of uh, trapped in stone, again, mimicking the, the Dren gear. And then we have Scary Ghost Lady. It's like, hey, I'm here, by the way. I'm, I'm going to, like, tell you stuff. You want to listen to a spooky ghost lady? No. No, go away. <laughs> well, she does snap out of it, but... She's kind of having hallucinations, like, you know, she's up against a mirror. She sees Drengear staring back at her. So kind of starting to lose her way a little bit, it would seem. Well, and she's, she's got this crisis of faith, too. I mean, in her opinion, if Skier can be cut off from the Force and controlled by them, what chance does she really have? Sure, for sure. We also get in this comic where, um, you know, Var is taking as many Jedi as she can into wild space to find Mm -hmm. the planet. And, uh, which again is, is kind of where we were at in the last high Republic book, but we didn't really know much about it because again, we were in this stupid fair, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the, the worst idea ever. Yes. Well, Keeve is attempting to be useful and, uh, Meru does send her on a, on a little mission to uh, an architectural hub number 42. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To save some people from the Nihil. Yeah. I was kind of hoping we wouldn't see the Nihil for a while. Mm, well, it, I'm on Nihil burnout from the book. It's, it's brief. I did, I did think it was kind of funny, this, this guy. He's like, gladly, my storm. Do they ever yeah. say that in the books? I, it's just like I, it felt really weird. It's like my storm, like my lord. It, it just yeah. seemed kind of, it just seemed kind of too formal for the Nihil for me. Yeah, kind of did. And no, I don't think they say that in the books. Oh, by the way, Keeve gets bonked on the head. <laughs> just a gentle yeah. bonk. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's kind of dumb. I thought it was dumb. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I don't, I don't mean to be overly critical, but like this Nihil just comes down and gently bonks her on the head. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even knock her out. You bonked me. Yeah, kind of weird. Why did you do that? Just a, that freaking hurt. That criffin hurt. 
Why didn't you hit me hard enough to knock me out? I don't want to feel this. <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, she's rescued by creepy spooky ghost lady. Ghost lady. Uh, what was her name? Orla Jereni. Orla Jereni. G- Orla Jereni. We've heard that before. That I name know we sounds have. crazy familiar. Let me look it up. Because, again, we're the detail guys. That should be a t-shirt. Just for us, though, not for anybody else. Because they're not the detail yeah. guys. Orla Jereni. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Umbaran. Okay, makes sense. We're really packing in the Umbarans recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, operating independently, Jenny Padawan of Lorette Savarel. Don't know who that is. Uh, involved in some crisis. Uh, board a vessel trip to Starlight Beacon. Yeah, we we've we've read about this. We've read okay. about this person. Uh, and now I'm yeah. forgetting what book was this from. Was this from the Claudia Gray book? Has to be right. She was probably mentioned in the Great Disaster. No, I, I, I no, I don't think it was in that. I, it was, I think it was later. I'm pretty sure we read about her in the book, and we're just forgetting. I think she was a, like a main character in the book. Yes, she was on yeah. the station. Yeah, Orla Jereni. That's why we remember okay. her because she was in the Claudia Gray book. <laughs> Detail guys. Yeah, you remember she left to become a way seeker because she was yeah. she was kind of the one that was wavering. We I think we both enjoyed the character, but yeah, she's yeah. yeah. So there you go. Scary go- ghost lady is actually a Jedi that Keeve probably should have known about. We definitely need to reread everything before we do our retrospective of things. No, one. I'm I'm good. I don't want to do that. <laughs> really? I don't want to do that, but I just feel like I should. It's do too that. much. It's too much for me. I mean, I, we, we we probably should, especially like the earlier books. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, there. She was in. She was in Claudia Gray book. So it's it's actually kind of nice. cool to see her. But yeah, you mentioned the yeah. uh, the dark ray lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Which is like impossible. To She's hold. got. Yeah. And the most awkward thing ever. You can't. You can't spin it around in your hand. I feel like even deflecting anything would just be really difficult. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense as a, as a practical weapon. Why is it so uncommon just to have a, a dual-wield Jedi who can put both lightsabers together and form a staff? Why isn't that more popular? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, granted... Keeve, I don't, I don't think she always use. Yeah, I think hers is one piece. I guess she doesn't always mm-hmm. use, obviously, both blades. Yeah. I don't know. Like double bladed lightsabers were such a big thing for like old, old Republic, and then mm-hmm. I mean, conceivably for old Republic, because really, I mean, the first time everybody ever creamed over one was Darth Maul. Right. But um, I mean, I. I I see the practicality in a dual bladed, double bladed lightsaber, just not Orla's. It just doesn't make much sense the the design of yeah. it. And I know I, you know, I kind of I never really read up on the reason why they did that that particular saber for for the dark ray vision. Yeah, it did seem kind of odd. It just sort of. I mean, it, it made sense she had a staff saber, but it never really made sense why they went that route with it. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like. So a staff saber, but the thing is, is she never actually had a staff saber. Even her saber at the end, which the first go-round of watching Rise 
and at the very end, I thought it looked longer, but it really isn't a long saber. It does kind of look like her staff, you know, in a way. I'm sure it's yeah. pieces and parts, w- but wasn't like, there? But wasn't there a mention in one of the books of her working on a way to connect it to her staff or I, something I like that? I don't remember that. And do like almost a spear type saber in a way. I I don't I don't have any recollection, but I think that would be stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Would be. <laughs> It'd be dumb. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, Orla was essentially on the path here because she kind of felt that there was a Jedi who was losing their way. So mm-hmm. kind of interesting, the whole Wayfinder thing. Again, I, I feel like that would be like stoned in the, in the New Republic era. You want to yeah. leave and be a what? Stone them. Shame. 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 Pushed him off the tallest tower. <laughs> Poor New Republic. She probably is the most fitting to have a white saber, though. Just with how pale and ghostly she is. Yeah, for sure. kind of cool. Now, we do end this comic, though, with a vision that Keith has. And we actually see the panel of it. And it looks like a, you know, <laughs> of our Chris, basically dead skeleton. Yeah. Super dead. She's been skeletonized, skeletonized with a couple little hair follicles there, and also being tentacled. So hey, you know, for, yeah. for all the all those people. <laughs> <laughs> but she is essentially saying that it's already lost, and that was the thing that mm-hmm. we didn't get in our book in our last book. They mentioned it, but it was you know timelines, and plus obviously the fair is being attacked. So do you think, I mean, obviously I don't, but do you think that they would be, would they would have the goal to like kill off no. a bar and her group? No way. No, I would say that's just as a vision of doom and destruction, not more specifically a vision of her death. Listen, I all see I'm saying is there are three covers listed in this, in the back of this comic and none of them have a bar Chris. So Least the, at least one of the twins looks like he's still alive. Yes, because that's who we care about. I don't know. I mean, they did kill off our grandmaster pretty quickly. So Yeah, true. Maybe they would do it, but who are you going to replace? I mean, for longevity, what characters are strong enough to be main characters? I mean, we, true. we haven't been too thrilled with Elzar and... Uh, I, I mean I, I oh like God. I like Elzar. I like Elzar because he's he's really like really flawed and I think you can exploit that mm-hmm. if you're smart enough. It, it I think for both of us it was really Stellan Geos that we were kinda oh, like, yeah. ah dude, couldn't you have just been a little bit more OP? Like just like yeah. be be he, better. He could never replace Avar. You just ever poke him with a stick. <laughs> it's like, come on, do something. Do something better. Right. You can't even hold back smog. Yeah. He was okay. He just wasn't very good. Anyway, so now I want to talk about the storyline. We, we obviously sort of s- talked about it. This storyline deserved to be a book, not a comic. And no oh, offense God, to yes. comics, it deserves to have a long-form book. Well, it needs to be fleshed out. 100%. I want, I want Avar's perspective of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I want Keeve's perspective. And I, and I got to say, and you, you kind of already said it here, though, I think Keeve deserves like a bigger part than just a comic because listen it is a fact 
that comic sales are not doing as well across the board as people want them to be. And really, traditionally, comic books are not always the best-selling medium anyway. No. I mean, think about what percentage of Star Wars fans right now know about the Drangir. Well, I mean, if they read, uh, what is it, Into the Dark? I always forget the name of Claudia Gray's book. Yeah. So if you read that, you know. So a percentage knows that, but do you really know how... OP they are because they really don't say that in the books. Well, the, yeah, it's, they don't it's, really portray them that sure, way. Well, yeah, in the comics, they're literally killing everyone. It's like, nope, they're yeah. dead. Everyone's dead. Crap. And it's just kind of weird. Like, we have this horrible thing. I mean, it even says in uh, issue six, there's like hundreds of planets taken over by the Drangir. Yeah. But all we're obsessing about is the Nihil in the books. Don't you think this would be a talking point for like, Stellan and Elzar when they're talking to each other before the fair crisis and all this other stuff like no oh, 20 more planets were taken over today did you hear about that no I didn't no that's a that's terrible that's a bummer hey about the fair you want to go get some funnel cakes yeah yeah it, it no man it, it's definitely odd I, I 100% agree but all I'm saying is that I think that this is a better overall it's just a better story than some of the yeah. stuff we've gotten, and I and I'm really kind of disappointed that this isn't a book. Yeah, and again, potentially one of the coolest villains, maybe not the most interesting, but one of the more powerful ones in Star Wars, being thrown into a comic and just pigeonholed into that universe. It's just weird for me. Yeah, agree. Because I mean. I mean, Martian Rowe is nothing compared to the Progenitor. Nothing. Martian Rowe is just a hopped-up Kylo Ren with less powers. Yeah. yeah. With, like, well, no power, really. But apparently he's super persuasive for some reason. I don't see how he's charismatic enough to be persuasive. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's just, like, rolling natural 20s here or something, because I just don't get it. <laughs> He's just lucky. I win you know? again all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that they chose wrong. I mean, listen, we, we kind of talked about it in the very first book, Light of the Jedi. Your great disaster was a ship being destroyed. Like, mm-hmm. that's the great disaster. I think the great disaster is hundreds of planets being called by tree people. That seems like mm-hmm. a great disaster. Oh, a, a Nihil ship ran into another ship and it like, I mean, granted, yeah, there was a lot of death and stuff. It was tragic. It was terrible. But like the... Not plant, not whole planets. Yeah. The great disaster. I mean, those two, those two people in the, in that radio station. Oh, we, well, we sent our message. Let's go. And, <laughs> and, and the pilot of the ship that blows up. like Yeah. Oh God, we're holding it. You know, like okay i get it it's not a bad premise but still like the dren gear are far far more nefarious than anything else because it's not you can't really stop them right now there's no way to stop yeah. them and it looked like well, it's like i'm i'm even okay with the idea of going from the nigh hill and moving into the dren gear but we've gotten far enough in with the dren gear that's like okay can we be done with the Nihil for a little bit and focus on this? Because yeah. I feel like this is so much more interesting. Like, why did you have to tell me in advance how many plants are conquering? Why couldn't we have just had them stuck to that one 
planet that we see them in in uh the station you're talking about yeah 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 well it's like uh, so, why couldn't we have left them there until we dealt with the nihil and then reintroduced them sure well here's kind of a connection though because they did say in the last book that it looked like the nihil were seeding planets with the drengears seeds so yeah. it, it's possible that you know because again we don't really know what that nightmare thing is but we're kind of it's like well maybe it's a creature that that Martian has, and that was part of the deal. It's like, here, you take this. It's really cool. Darth Crawl tamed mm-hmm. it, so it's sweet, and we'll just take all the rest of the planets. That sounds like a really good bargain. I can kill one Jedi at a time. Yeah. If I'm lucky. Yeah, you go. We're just going to eat all of you. I mean, uh, right. but, but more to your point... It's very possible that that now we could get like if that's true, if that's all true, the Drengear turn on the Nihil, and and if you remember from the Afra comic where all the ships had like materialized in plants, yeah. I mean, who knows what why that happened I mean, specifically? May, maybe that's how we deal with the Nihil and get over that, so we can focus on the Drengear. Maybe the Drengear just wipe them out. Yeah, One maybe. Maybe, and then <laughs> then we can stop focusing on the night. They're annoying. They're just they're just pests. And yeah. I feel like if the if the Repu- current republic just had any sense, they would just annihilate them. It's like stop being nice. Just do it. Oh, but we don't yeah, have a it, navy. We only rely on the Jedi. Well, the Jedi need to get their stuff in motion. Just well, murder them all. <laughs> put some money into your military then for once. Actually, be strong. Just find someone Same who's... Same issue as always. Yeah, I mean, you know, find somebody who's a little bit like Anakin and just be like, I killed them all. All the Nihil. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> the women and the children and the men. All of them. And Marcion. And then I took all their drugs. <laughs> what? Uh, nothing. I murdered. I'm tweaking right now. I'm tweaking right it's now. Like, what did you just say? Murder? No, the other thing. Drugs? <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, I don't care about the murder, but drugs. <laughs> yeah, it's and this it's interesting. and here's another thing. Like, I think this is kind of our issue with going prequel with this. We're and we're integrating it slowly. You know, we're gonna have talks of it, like with Afra and everything. We know of the Nihil. Hill. We'll probably know about the Dream Gear too. But here's my thing: How stupid did the New Republic have to be to not? I mean, even a clone army, like knowing that this happened with the Drangir and they could come back, I would put all of your available funds into the Jedi and into the military. Well, Just but the, but again, everything. But again, you have the, to think about the, the caliber. Shouldn't have even had a chance. Yeah, but you have to think about the the political climate of Star Wars books, where you always have a bleeding heart who says we're going to only work through diplomacy and we're going to be nice and we're all going to be friends. Um, well, that's fine until you introduce giant symbiotic plant beasts into your universe that could just wipe well, you but all now, out. But now yeah. you're giving anecdotal evidence. Where's the evidence that that happens every single day? <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. And I mean, there's obviously, there, there's always a, a reason for a reasonable military, but yeah, it, it always just seems like our, our, the, the good side is always super unprepared for everything that happens. And I mean, the Dren gear mm-hmm. granted, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big thing to deal with, but 
Yeah, I mean, the Republic at this point just doesn't really have anything. They have a protectionary force, and then the Jedi. But even the Jedi, it's like, I mean, they have, like, little George Jetson vectors and then, like, maybe some big ships that look like artwork more than they do functional. Uh, They're building science vessels like it's flipping Star Trek land, and they've never even developed uh, uh, transporters. It's like, how many, how many, how many just episodes of, of any of the shows or movies in Star Wars would be solved with a transporter? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it would solve so much. It's like, oh, Anakin's dying down there. Well, I can't carry him. Uh, one to beam up. Uh, we're going to have to fix this guy real quick, you know? I mean, come on. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. Anyway, so we went over our episode. We went over our comics. Not a bad week, though, for, for content, though. No, no, good week. The, I mean, the content of the comics is great. It's just, it makes me frustrated about how the climate of everything else is going. Yeah, for sure. With the books, more than anything. But no, it's great content. No doubt. Very good week. So we did get a question in here from, from Chase, you know, my, my buddy Chase, who runs These are the Voyages, a Star Trek podcast. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he sometimes texts questions and stuff, but he was, he was kind of asking about, um, so you, you remember the, uh, like Palpatine's like Royal Guard and their helmets? Yeah. So he was kind of saying it's like he felt like there was a resemblance between like Mandalorian helmets and Palpatine's guard helmets. And then he uh, it was like, I agree with that. It's like, is, there, is this a connection or is there a, co- a coincidence? And then he also asked, um, how can anyone have any visual range with that headwear? <laughs> Well, as to the first part, I don't, I don't really think that there's any connection to it. I mean, realistically, I, I actually, I haven't even looked up the Royal Guard. I should probably should have done that beforehand. Let's actually see what they look like. Entertain them while I type. I, I would almost okay, say too late. I, no, I could, I could see why he would say that for sure. But if you actually look into all the different helmet styles in the Empire, there's just there's quite a few that actually resemble Mandalorian helmets yeah. in a way. The sniper one, even to an extent. Yeah, and I mean, as far as the the Imperial Guard, they're they're a little longer. They're a little overall longer helmets. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, it, it, not to my knowledge, I don't believe there's really any any uh, any actual connection to that. But yeah, helmets have always have they certainly do have. Um, kind of a, a similar look mm-hmm. not not altogether the same but but sure De- definitely uh, definitely similar um, but whereas you know all of Palpatine's guards are the same uh, you have a lot of variance in how the Mandalorian armor including their their helms yeah, actually sure. actually look and I guess a little bit more, and I was I was thinking about this too. So the the Senate Guard, which were in blue, I think that that mm-hmm. was like the same, basically the same costume. So he just took the Senate Guard and dressed them in red. Mm. And I was actually trying to see if there was anything special. I think that they were just literally like elite warriors or supposed to be elite warriors. I don't think there was anything particularly wicked about them. I am I'm genetically modified, probably. Death troopers. We don't get enough. We don't get enough 
with his personal guard. Yeah, true. And kind of cool just to see them wreck some people. No doubt. <laughs> well, then the the other side to that though about the the visual range. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Probably not as much. But, I mean, there's an electronic component to a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, re- yeah, I mean, I, I would Im- just imagine kind of that there's probably a display inside the helmet. Well, some of them have, some of them I assume have a display inside. The other ones have, like, the drop-down, like, IDs. Yeah. I would, I would kind of imagine it be almost an Iron Man thing. That's kind of how I like to imagine it. Yeah, sure. Sure. But aside from that, I mean, as far as like the eye slits, they're very reminiscent of like medieval armor, which of course was not built yeah. for functionality, it was built built for protection. Right. So you yeah. wouldn't get a blade to the face or an arrow to the knee. Um, mm-hmm. so did you really just go there? I did. I did that specifically. <laughs> and I and I, I, I had hoped that you wouldn't say anything so that one person would just in the world would be like, ah, and then it would be done. He did the thing. Ah, yeah. ah. So, yeah, I, I'm sure that, I'm sure that it, it's really more of a, a, a fashion thing than, than, right. I mean, cause yeah, maybe that's why we don't see them fight much. Well, I think see. if it were more practical, everybody's helmet would be like Orville ends where it's just like, like a clear glass sphere. Well, not glass, right. but like like a transparent steel or something like that. So you couldn't like p- penetrate it, but you had 360 vision. Right. But it wouldn't look as cool unless you were a blob creature like Orvalin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Everybody just wearing fish bowls. Right. Well, what else? Anything else we need to chat about this episode? I think I've, I think I'm out of topics. I, th- I think we're good. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, everyone you know, at home or wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to converse with us or just, you know, talk about specifics on the episode, you know, share your theories or, you know, just any questions you might have to the podcast, we do have an email, tcplanpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at tcplanpodcast if you want to uh, interact. Those are great places to do it. After we bash social media pretty much every episode, we still have them up. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, y'all have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the Force be with you.